1: Love Talk Radio.
2: All right, welcome back to another episode of Shade the Blue Soccer Show. It's been a while since we've recorded one. Uh, Today, my guest co-host is Bob Russert, former uh, MLS beat writer, current writer for thebluetestament.com, and man about town that knows a ton about Kansas City soccer. How are you doing, Bob? (laughs) Doing great, I
0: appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, also coach 10 years high school soccer and club soccer for FCKC and uh, old Voyagers West back in the day. And uh appreciate uh, you let me come along, Pat.
2: Oh, no problem, man. I appreciate having somebody who's been around for as long as you have. Am I I'm making you sound <laughs> old now? Yeah, let's be careful Which, about that. And so. – and <laughs> I, I often tell people that I, I owe you a debt for me even doing this stuff because the first time I went out there and tried to do any of this stuff, you were the MLS beat writer and you were very open and welcoming and didn't look at me like like I was some idiot that didn't know what I was doing, even though I was some idiot that didn't know what I was doing. So I always appreciate.
0: <laughs> well, you're certainly welcome, man. And, uh, you know, I appreciate this opportunity. So, you know, we're even now, right? Sure. Not even. Uh, I still owe you.
2: All right. Um, Again, we haven't done the podcast in quite a while, but we can't cover everything that we've missed. But we think a really good starting point would be the Open Cup. Uh, Sporting went to the Open Cup final with a 2-1 win over the New York Red Bulls to win their fourth championship our Open Cup Championship, uh, fourth title in the last six years or whatever the number was. Uh, pretty good record. Uh, Bob, what did you think of that game?
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the history. First of all, um, sporting, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure how the system works, but, um, you know, anytime they can get those home games um, and get on a run, Uh, It definitely helps out in the Open Cup situation is that way this year, that way back in 2012 as well. Don't remember it so much that way back in 2015 when they won it, but, um, you know, the home field advantage certainly is a help, and that certainly is something we're shooting for for the MLS playoffs as well. But, uh, yeah, I tell you what, the atmosphere there, Sad, was was incredible. I I was sitting as a fan, and that one chose to be a fan. I'm sure you were working it. Um, But, um, yeah, just amazing the – fans coming together on a weekday night and um the pageantry of it just the feel of it was just overwhelming for me how about you
2: yeah it was um I was I was down on the field shooting but I that's one of those moments that I love to be there because the excitement the feel the tension the electricity I mean it's all kind of cliche but it's cliche because it's true uh you could just feel it and you know, I know, like, every year it seems like when when there's a – well, every time there's a big game, you know, that kind of goes around on Twitter that day about how people are getting the terrors about how they're, you know, terrified of what's going to happen that night, I really didn't have <laughs> that feeling myself until about the last 10 minutes of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they made it a little bit interesting there. I mean, the whole game, in my mind anyway, and when I rewatched it, I felt a little bit different about it. But in the stands, uh, I just thought that New York really – dominated much of the play, had a lot of strong chances, and I knew they were going to score sooner or later. Uh I'm and glad it came later after we were up too, but um you knew it was coming.
2: Yeah, and I don't I don't think I ever felt like they dominated play as much as uh, you know, they they had the better of the the uh, possession, which is really unusual for for Sporting to give another team the the, the possession lead like that. But um, it seemed like they weren't as dangerous as sporting was when sporting had their chances. Well, yeah, obviously we put ours away. I mean, Latif
0: getting us start off in the right, right way uh, with that amazing goal of his, uh, how you, I, I still don't know how you leave anybody marked, unmarked in a, a professional soccer game in the box, but it happens because you know, humans are humans, but uh, he certainly made a nice run there
2: and um, got to start off the right way. <gasps> Yeah, it had to embarrass New York at least a little bit that the shortest guy in the entire stadium got the <laughs> header.
0: Yeah, but if you know Latif like we do, it, this guy's just energy is un, unbounding throughout him. I mean, you can't stop him no matter
2: what you try to do anyway. What was his quote?
0: He said, if I stayed in the game, I, I would have gotten a hat trick.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he has no lack in confidence, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, you got to have that personality as a forward. But um, you know, and then Shaoli and and Fellhauer hookup. up, um, you know, players like to say this. I think Benny kind of said it in his posting comments, you know, I saw the space and and you know, like like Daniel read it, but Benny I think was pretty honest. He said, "I just put the ball in there hoping somebody would make the run." And and Daniel is a pretty smart kid as we've seen even even in his LA performance, uh, made that run. And uh, you know, the goalkeeper was in that position where he didn't know should I come out, should I not? Which is the perfect ball that Phil Hubbard wanted to play, and uh, you know it's those little things that just can can change a game like that and that all important second goal.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, what I think we probably can do a whole podcast on this in the future, but what does it say about this team that they've won four championships in the last six years? You know, uh, and uh, three three open cups and MLS Cup has been. Contenders every year pretty much. I mean they've been in the playoffs every year. Um, uh, you know, the two years they didn't advance very far in the playoffs, they lost the eventual uh, MLS championship, champions. Right. and in yeah. Controversial manners. At least it was a little bit um but what does it say about this team? Just you know, like so we'll, we can probably cover a whole podcast on this, but just the, the, the thirty second version of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> I mean you know, you can take forty five. It's Peter Vermees in my mind. Um, You know, Peter has a system, and we'll talk a little more about this later. He has been flexible with it this year, which has surprised me. Um, But, you know, he's got a system, and the players have said as much that he lays out exactly what he expects, and the players know what he expects, and that's crucial. Uh, I think Landon Donovan mentioned uh, about the L.A. Galaxy this past weekend that doesn't seem to have a plan. Sporting always has a plan, and everybody knows what it is. It's just a matter of executing. And, and peter knows to get the right players to execute that plan um so i think that's a huge part of it and the fact that we take the open cup seriously and solo teams i still don't think do It's their fault because uh championships like uh have been said are forever and that's what gets you attention and that's what brings your city to glory and, and sporting has certainly done that
2: it is amazing when teams don't take it very seriously they and um uh... But by the time you get to the last two, three rounds, I mean everybody's taking it seriously at that point because they only have you know a couple more games to go. Um, oh sure. So it's not like it's not like New York or San Jose or Dallas were were rollovers by any means. Um, oh yeah the um, but just to the like I like what you were saying about you know like they have a plan and they have a system and yeah we we pretty much know exactly how Sporting is going to play every week and I know for the you know last couple of years every before every game pretty much I ask them for me you know you know how's the game going to play out or what's the opposition like or you know do you do you change something up for the whoever you're going to play no we're going to play just like we normally do <laughs> and yeah, I mean, home that's and away, much what they
0: do. Open Cup, Open Cup, MLS Cup, home and away. Uh, yeah, Sporting is, is pretty much they are what they are, and and what they are is good. You can't deny that fact. Obviously, the record shows that. But I do believe then, um, this year they've had a little more, little more flair, and you know we'll talk more about that a little bit later. I think in the show, but uh, but yeah, they are what they are.
2: It, and it's kind of fun. Um, so after the Open Cup, yeah. <laughs> midweek game, Wednesday game, uh, they actually got a little extra day before they had to play again. Sun, played on Sunday uh, against L.A. And L.A. was LA is a team that's, uh, you know, it's the wounded animal kind of thing where they've not been getting good results lately they just came from Atlanta where they got scored on three or four times, or maybe it was a dozen. I don't know. But, um, <laughs>
0: four, I think it was four. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah I'm a little exaggeration there, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so even though they have been struggling, they had a ton of good players, the Santos and the Santos and Alessandrini and et cetera, they have a ton of good players. Um, So it wasn't like they could just say, okay, these guys are a pushover and we don't need to worry about them. It was a match they had to come out and play. And the first half, they pretty much did control that play. Oh, definitely.
0: Um, I mean, we're going to talk more about Daniel later, but uh, Shaoli's move that he made on the defender was was simple, but really magnificent because – He's going back post. He fakes to go back post, and that's not the smart part about it. It's He knows that that ball is going to be played in the post, so fading to that back post and then making that explosive run to the near post, just I am brilliant for a 21-year-old kid, and he still is a kid. It, it, we know him. We've seen him walk around. He's still very much a kid, but uh, that's just moments in a game that make the difference, and L.A. is not doing those things right now, and sporting is.
2: Yeah. One of the worries coming into the LA game, at least for me, was that having the big emotional night on at the open cup, you know, winning it the, the tension before the actual tension during the game, the the might have imbibed a few drinks after the game for the adult <laughs> players. Um might have, yeah. you know, there may have been a emotional, mental, physical hangover going into the LA game. Well, it didn't seem to affect them too badly, at least at least the first half. I mean, they dominated the first half. second half was a lot more even, maybe even more L.A. Uh, yeah, I, but, think I, know, recall someone
0: saying, I think I recall someone saying that Peter's message before the game was that, you know, we need to come at him right away. And I think Peter said that very much because of that reason, because if we don't do it early, <laughs> we may not have the gas in the tank to do it later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, I asked um, Ilya about, you know – not having a hangover after the LA game and we have a little audio from the conversation with him so I just haven't done this too often so let's see how this plays out if it uh, comes out across well so hold on a second here's Ilya
3: if you know Peter you, you could understand that um, we are focused in every game no and if we are not uh, he 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 make uh, us focus so um it 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 was tough to play Uh, after the the final, because you spent a lot of energy before the game, during the game of course, and after the game too. So um, that's why uh, today was tough, but I think that we understand, we understood from the beginning uh, uh, what happened uh, with with LA and what uh, could we do against them, so we did it and we, we had the three points.
2: So um, that was in the the locker room. So if there's a little noise there, that's why. Um, yeah, a little bit. Not that I love the fact. Yeah, I, I love the fact that Ilya says, "You know, Peter, he'll have us focused, and if we're not focused, he'll get us focused." <laughs> <laughs> For sure,
0: Peter is a. Um, a, a, a well, I don't know what the exact word to use here. Peter is a man who lets you know what he wants and. And you better give it to him, or or else in some ways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, Definitely the uh, second half was certainly a, uh, you know, you could see a little bit of of fatigue mentally, physically, or whatever. But at that point when you got the two-goal lead and you're coming off of a win like that, um, you know, that's going to happen. But that second goal that we scored, I mean, what a ball by Ilya, huh? Just with the defenders for Sinovic
3: hmm
0: Yeah, Sanovic, uh, you know, I think the announcer on ESPN or Fox, whatever it was, I think it was Fox, said, it, you know, he hasn't scored many goals and then he lays it off for Rubio for, for a very simple finish for Rubio, but uh, you know, Sanovic had a lot of space up that side and attacking Zardes like they were doing, which is a smart thing to do with Zardes playing the position for the first time in that game. Uh, yeah, this, we played it right and uh, you know, Peter was fully aware of of that weakness in their uh, defense, and and we pulled it off.
2: Yeah, it was kind of funny. Sinovic so said he did think about shooting for a second, but then he thought it was better to lay it off to Diego, more of a sure <laughs> goal than him shooting.
0: Yeah, probably, probably. However, Seth's goal back in 2013 playoffs, I'll never forget the one against New England that I think put us back ahead or whatever. Yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. Anyway, memories. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think he's just saving those goals up for the playoffs. <laughs> right. right. Let's hope
0: so. <laughs> but then, you know, Alessandrini with his free kick near the end made it a little tighter than we wanted to be. It was about, what, 15 minutes left, a little too much. But, uh, you know, supporting the defense held and uh, got the victory and got a very, very important three points.
2: Yeah, and, and all credit to Alessandrini. That was a beautiful shot.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: right over the wall
0: and uh, everybody in the wall did everything they could too and watching the replay that nobody could have stopped that
2: one so big week obviously for sporting three wins one of them being an open cup Um, you know six points getting points at home when they've been getting too many draws all good things and positive Um, I know it's you know been one of the big topics of conversation since it happened, but the Dom trade and where's the goal is going to come from and how is Sporting ever going to score and all that type of stuff seems to be going okay so far, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, this is my my take on it, and you can agree or disagree. That's what, you know, these things are all about. But, uh, you know, I think Sporting did lose a bit of their identity after the trade for a match or two. Uh, you know, their defense allowed them to survive that and get through that. But, but now the identity of a much more varied attack in my mind is coming out. Um, you can see that through the stats. I mean, I think I detailed it yesterday. Rubio four goals, uh, Gerso two, Latif or Shelly two, Benny two. Um, I think the attack is much more varied, not so much focused on Dom and, you know, I, I love Dom for what he did. He did a great job here for us, but, uh, in the development, the way the team is going, I think it was time for Dom to go as well.
2: Yeah, does um, and, and that was always the problem with Dom is that basically everything had to go through him, and I won't say had right, to, yeah. but it, it naturally did go through him. And when it went to him, he was he was a goal scorer. He was going to take that shot, whether it was on goal or twenty feet over the goal, he was going to take that shot or lose the ball and. That's what it always happened. The, the the good thing about Rubio is he's more willing to to drop it back off to somebody, slide it out to somebody. Not saying that Dom didn't ever do that, because he did, but Rubio is more willing to do that, more frequently. Um, thus, the other guys can be more involved, and it gives sporting a much more, like you said, varied attack. They can, there's more guys who can score.
0: Well, what I don't miss is this, and maybe I exaggerate it. Maybe the people that I sit with at games most of the time exaggerate it, but I was so tired of sending those long balls up to Dom, expecting him to win them against six foot four defenders. I know the tactic was probably to actually win the second ball. I get that, but I'm so glad we don't see that anymore. Because <laughs> I was tired of it. I like to yeah. the ball much more on the floor now.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's – um. It does seem like when Sporting is just dumping it long right now, they're doing it for survival, not because they're expecting the, the guy to beat <laughs> right. the guy that's a foot taller than him for a header. <laughs>
0: but, uh, you know, and, the emergence of Shaoli, you know, we, we've had various times throughout the season. It's been kind of weird. You know, Jerso was really strong for a while. Uh, you know, then Latif, you know, in the Open Cup especially, picked up any Slack. Uh, um, and then now it's Shaoli, it seems. And, uh, you know, he is really – showed maturity from a 21 year old that, you know, you maybe don't expect. Uh, he's, he's a good finisher. And, um, you know, I like the way he carries himself too, Thad, you know, we're around him a little more than most people are. And, uh, he seems confident, uh, and he seems willing to learn, willing to learn, uh, soak up what's around him and, and listen to those around him. Um, I don't know if this would be a good time to play the clip that we have from him or not, but, um, He's a he's a he's Actually, a good player and he's a, he's a good young man.
2: Um, I think there's probably three clips here that we could play, um, so let's we'll, we'll kind of run through them in order here. Uh, okay. Let's do the first one with uh, where you asked Peter about the diversity of the attack, and okay,
4: yeah,
2: sure, and uh, we'll run that one through. Okay, hold on.
1: I would say more that we just continue to evolve as a team, and mm-hmm. I think one of the things that uh, this past week has really displayed is that we've had incredible movement um, in the final third as a team, mm-hmm. um, and that's a lot of different players that have been there. I mean, even Zeus, the way he's getting forward, and i mean, look get Sestinovic, you know, he was, he was on fire the other day getting into the final third, so um, I just think we're evolving as a team that way, and, and that part has, has been good, but we've got to continue to maintain being a team that's really hard to, and difficult to play against.
2: And
0: that, yeah, and
1: that kind of and
0: of I like what I, you're saying about how the team's evolving. Yeah, I kind think about. Peter makes a, an excellent point that, uh, you know, I wasn't looking for him to say, but he did, that uh, Sinovic and Zuzi and really numbers in the attack, which is something that Peter has been uh, wanting to focus on in the past. Numbers in the attack are better, and thus that enables more combinations. And, uh, again, that varied attack, we're not all looking for Dom, What we're looking at various options
2: because uh, we were just talking about the L.A. game and the, the run that Daniel made. Uh, here's a clip from Ilya about Daniel. Again, it's from the locker room, so there might be a little more background noise than some of the other ones, so
1: here we go.
3: Um, I think Peter, uh, the coach, asked him uh, during the week to make some movements, to, to play um more closer to Diego, uh maybe to play with uh two forwards, and uh, then Lower to come inside as a four midfielder. And I think that he really can defend perfectly so um, he has the, the the like the, the trophy, you know, the the the, re- the recompense to, 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 to that work.
2: I love talking to Ilya. Um Ilya brings up a good point though that it, it ends up uh, with Lobato in there, he comes into the middle more And he ends up looking more like another midfielder And it looks almost like a 4-4-2 Instead of a, a 4-3-3 that everybody knows Peter to play Yeah,
0: yeah And and that's another kind of uh, you know, development Christian, I, I'm putting an article out here On the thebluetestament.com here shortly uh, About Christian and how uh, he does play more inside And he's a little more, he, he's a different kind of clever Than Shaoli is, a different kind of clever than uh, Gerso or Latif is. And uh, I think the more we can integrate uh, Lovato into the attack, uh, the more varied and the more strong we can
2: be as well. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to him getting really final, like used to the league. I mean, he's just been here, really, he's only been here for a few weeks so far. Right. Um, and, but he does bring a totally different look when he's out there on the wing to uh, Gerso or Latif, and he changes it up. To what we, what sporting brings to the table, and that's the that's the nice option that Vermees has right now is those different players that he can put out there and totally change the way the game looks. Um, yeah, he mentioned. So this is a good time to go ahead. Sorry.
0: Oh yeah, Peter mentioned in his talk. Uh, the, the little club that you played, that we need to be a team that's dangerous and a team that can be more dangerous against different type of defenses is uh, you know is what you want and that's what we're developing into I believe.
2: I would agree. Um this is a good time to do the uh your interview with Daniel.
0: Yeah that's that's let's hear from Daniel. Good kid.
2: Yeah and I the the first question was cut off uh was asking about basically Dom era and then the rest of the questions I believe are in there. So this is a little bit longer clip. Here we go.
4: Yes, it's, it's very good. Obviously, Don was a great player, and uh, mm-hmm. yes, he had the attention. He deserved it, too. Yeah. But uh, yes, I'm happy that we can, we can live up to uh, his role, and uh, we can uh, score goals and win games. So uh, yes, it's very exciting, and I'm glad I can be part of it, and I can be on the field, and I can score goals. So uh, it, it's great.
0: What do you feel that you bring to the field, maybe the different than a Latif or a Gerso or a Christian?
4: Well, you know, we all bring different thi- uh things. Mm-hmm. I think uh I'm very good in front of goal. Uh I obviously I can score some goals but uh I don't know, I just feel the movement and uh, mm-hmm. good runs behind the defense and uh you know, we are different, like for example, Christian uh, comes underneath and asks for the ball I run behind the defense. Mm. So it's everybody's different and di- this is why we are a good team.
0: That move you made to score the goal on uh, Sunday was just brilliant. Obviously the defender totally lost you and you totally lost him. But um is that instinctual? Is that something you've learned over time or?
4: Well obviously there's some instinctual part in it, mm-hmm. but also I watch uh you know, soccer and uh mm-hmm. I see uh forwards make movements, uh you know who is a really great player for me is Cristiano Ronaldo and he always mm-hmm. uh, I can al- I always watch uh his highlights and you know you can see that he's already thinking about his movement and before the ball gets there mm-hmm. and uh that's what I was trying to do you know make the movement before the defender and uh yeah. he couldn't pick up my movement so uh yes uh I'm I'm learning too So,
2: so. Shalvey's a little bit like Cristiano Ronaldo now, huh? <laughs>
0: well, I, well, let's not quite go that far. But the point being made, and you know, listen up, kids, if you're listening, or, or coaches, if you're listening, you know, get your players to watch watch these elite players. You know, I'm going to say this: that Cristiano Ronaldo is an elite player. Yeah, probably because of his physical physical makeup. Sorry, but. It's more so because of what Daniel was saying. He sees ahead. He can read the game. And, you know, that can be somewhat instinctual. You know, you can see space better than others. Uh, but it's also studying the game and knowing what the trends are, knowing what a defender is going to do, how he's going to react to you, knowing how to make that defender do what you want him to do, etc. cetera. Um, so, yeah, kids, watch soccer. Coaches, make sure your players are watching soccer. And uh, coaches, watch soccer yourself.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think I've learned more about soccer watching, you know, having the availability to watch games over the last 20 years than I had learned the 20 years before that because TV didn't show these games.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, let's back up here if you want. I was a kid who uh, would come home after church every Sunday and turn on Soccer Made in Germany on PBS. My parents thought I was a freak. That's how I learned soccer, basically. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a throwback, huh?
2: (laughs) No doubt. Um, all right. So, obviously, the, like we said, the attack's more varied. Daniel is pretty dangerous. Um, what do you see going into this weekend with Vancouver? Do you think Peter will put out the same lineup? Do you think he'll change it up? Or what do you think?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, looking at Vancouver um, – these guys are dangerous. I mean, they're they're hot right now. I mean, look, you got Freddie Montero, you got Christian Balanos uh, as a as their playmaker. You've got Techera, You've got rookie Jordi Reyna, who's having a fabulous run of form right now. Um, you know, good old Breck Shea, who seems to be raising his game. He's so up and down, but he seems to be up right now. Tony Tchani. Uh, they're loaded, these guys are. Marl Rosales, you know, uh, a good supporting player now. He's not quite the primary player he used to be, but uh, they've got a good roster up and down. Tim Parker in defense, you know, veteran back there. So Kendall Austin as well. They are no slouches for sure. And uh, this is going to be a very, very important three points. If we get this victory, it's going to be huge because um, we're looking for those top two spots in the conference, and, and this will certainly go a long way in getting us there. Uh, I would expect Peter to pull roll out the same old lineup, but, you know, my concern going down the stretch here is, you know, can Zuzi, can Sanovic, can Beasler, can Opara, you know, bear the load of these games that they've been playing back and back and back? I mean, when's the last time somebody else started in the back for Beasler or Opara? Can you remember a time? I can't personally. Um, but uh, can they bear the load? And, and we asked Peter about that, and uh, Peter had a typical Peter response. But it might be a good time to hear what Peter had to say about that at, at this time.
1: All right, let's start it. Here we go. We work in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give them a, a, a training program for them to create a foundation. We increase that foundation in preseason, and you know these guys have been doing this for you know a long time now, and it's. it's it's about getting them prepared and keeping the rhythm and going. You know, the, the resting is only important when you either have an injury or when I think more psychologically you're fatigued because that affects the, the, the physical as well. So right now our guys our guys seem to be in a pretty good place.
2: Yeah, so basically Peter I, just accepts do you superhuman.
0: <laughs> well, I agree in some ways with what Peter says, but he does make the point that psychologically – uh, can affect it. And, you know, if Beasley's going to get called into the national team, and Zizzy's going to get called in, that uh, plus the Open Cup, plus the home the stretch of the playoffs, I mean, that's a lot of mental toughness that you have to put out there day after day, week after week. And, you know, that can wear you down. And uh, let's not even talk about Opar and injuries because, you know, that could happen at any moment, right? <laughs> Still has that stigmatism. Yeah. There, so, but, you uh, Yeah, yeah they knock I, on the wood there. Yeah, I hope that uh, Peter is right and uh, the other question for me becomes okay one of them goes out okay we got Abdul Salam okay can play wide sure but Palmer Brown is that someone who we can really I mean he's a good player sure but he's on his way out the door is it really the guy we would want being a primary piece for the playoffs if, if something like that would happen in my mind no but you may have a yeah, I'll <laughs> argue with you on
2: this one is the I don't see Palmer Brown leaving having any role in whether or not we trust him through the playoffs because it's really whether or not he can play it, and he's yeah. showing that he most of the time is um an m l s level center back and would probably be starting on a chunk of teams if he wasn't sitting behind Beesler and nopara. It's you know they're the better two combo right now, but EPB is not that far back behind from them, in my opinion. If one of them goes down or during the time that Beesler's gone, uh, Uh, presuming he's gone for World Cup qualifying, EPB would probably be starting there. The real question is if they have to go one layer deeper. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, where do you go from there?
2: Not sure if,
0: uh, let's see, Amur would be a a good person to step in there. That would be the next one on the totem pole, you think, or what?
2: Well, uh, yeah, Dietrich would be the next one at the moment because Kevin Ellis is suspended or right. mutually agreed not to be there. Um, so it, we never have exactly heard what happened there. But and as one of the pieces of news that came out last week was Kevin Ellis, from sporting's perspective, is suspended. But from the league players' union the MLS players union, they say teams can't suspend players. So they've mutually agreed not to be there. Um, right. either way, he's not there. He's not training. He's not in camp. He's not playing games. And unless one side or the other convinced the other to participate at this point, I don't think they're going to. Um, so that would be the big concern was if Beasler's gone and Ike or EPB gets hurt. And I know we talk about Ike being, um, uh, Uh, always a concern about his injury history, but EPB actually doesn't have a good injury history either. Every time he's went to the uh, national team, the U-20 national team, the CONCACAF qualifying or the World Cup, he's come back hurt and took a few weeks to get back up to speed. He's an injury worry also if he was playing on a daily basis. So that's probably our biggest, at least hole as far as, that side goes at this point yeah and,
0: and now why we got coverage with abdul salam and, and you know madrana play back there as well if, if need be and it is effective there too so but uh yeah i mean ideally all four stay in good shape physically mentally and uh it's all good because because we know there are rocks back there for sure
4: but yeah, you know, i, I, don't know I, I it, haven't
0: looked it up i don't know if we have a whole lot of time to talk about this but uh I mean, how much of a difference has Ilya made this for this team? I mean, it's, it's been massive and, uh, not only has it been massive as far as holding the defense together and being more possession oriented, but even now he's becoming a little more attack oriented. I've noticed a little bit too, and a little more aggressive on that end, but, uh, he has been so, so important for this team. Um, I think it was the final piece that we were missing as far as getting the team where Peter wanted to get them.
2: And, uh, that acquisition has just been huge. Yeah, and I think that's. Um, I mean, I, I won't disagree. I mean, Ilya is just um, a fantastic player, and the we talk about how Dom leaving has allowed them to play more of the style that he has the personnel to play now. But Ilya mm-hmm. was the first pin in that for this year. Uh, Musavar is a good. Uh, defensive mid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know there's people out there hating, but he's a good, solid MLS defensive mm-hmm. mid. He can he can play that role, and he's played it well enough for Sporting to win Open Cup two years ago in 2015. So he's not harming the team in that role. Um, but EDA, however, is much more the control, be in the right spot. I don't have to make a you know awesome. Slide tackles to save the game kind of thing he's more of the a little bit more like Roselle is he's in the right spot at the right time and you know shades of the play to go to the right side or the left side or doing whatever he needs to do and then when he gets the ball, he doesn't. He doesn't make stupid passes. I mean, if he, if, if you look at his passes that uh, were incomplete, they're all long balls that were, you know, searching for somebody on the on a counter. Uh, his short passing is pretty much spot on, and you know, upper 90 percentage completion sort of thing. Yeah, he's
0: just so calm out there too. He can, he can put out a fire, if you will, uh, in the midfield that doesn't uh, you have to get to the defense to deal with and uh, get us out of tough spots. Uh, you know, you're talking about Moustavar. Moustavar is like a dodge in my mind, and, uh, you know, Ilya is more of an Audi, something like that, <laughs> as far <laughs> as the comparison goes in my mind. But.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and again, mustavar not a bad player, just not the same guy that uh, 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 Ilya or uh, or Yuri Rosel was, for example. Exactly, yeah. Uh,
0: exactly. But you're right. It has been the, the thing that the whole – Season has revolved around getting down, uh, getting Ilya in that position, that crucial position in the uh, in the sporting formation for sure.
2: And quite honestly, when they uh, they signed James Musa from the Swope Park Rangers um, earlier this year too, and quite honestly, I think he's the the real backup for Ilya at this point, not Mustabar. Musa um, isn't the quality that Ilya is, but he's much more in that vein at this point he's more the, uh-huh. in the right spot make the good pass kind of guy than the you know make the spectacular tackle kind of guy interesting um interesting.
0: you know those players better than i do so that's that's an interesting yeah interesting observation
2: yeah it was uh quite honestly i i was expecting Musa to get signed in the off season i wasn't expecting him to be signed this year um i don't know um you know they've signed Four guys off of swope this season, two in the off season from last year. Um, so to so this year, they've signed uh, Amir Didich. Uh, I do think that was because they were a little concerned when Beesler was gone. Um, they needed the the backup because uh, EPB was gone and uh, right. for the World Cup. And they needed the they needed another center back who I think Didich. Has the capability to be the MLS center back. I think he just he doesn't he's not there quite right now. He's he's a backup. Um, but then they signed James Musa, who again I was kind of surprised. But Mustabar um, was having I think some injury st- problems that we may not have known about because he's been out actually for the last two, three, four weeks. Um, yeah. But they signed Musa, but right before he went to New Zealand for a World Cup qualifier, and He's just – he's showing that. Uh, then recently they sh- signed uh, Carlton Belmar, who is a uh, uh, forward for Swope Park, and now sporting, who, I, to be honest, I thought he was the most MLS-ready guy off of the, that team because he was uh, – he has strength, he has speed, he has a nose for the goal. He came and learned the, the sporting style of play. And then uh, they also signed Kevin Oliveira, who – even last year was talks about him maybe being signed to the first team, uh, right before he blew out his knee. And now he's had a year to recover and he shows moments of brilliance. Although he came in in that open cup game and was by far the worst performer on the field that day. Uh, <laughs> Completely.
0: He, <lost. laughs> but he was,
2: yeah. Um, we had some bad touches and played the ball out badly, but, uh, uh, fortunately, it didn't hurt the team too much. But um, he's a player that I think has a good future for Sporting. Just that didn't show his best moment there.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a big topic for a future uh, show or whatever. But uh, I think we're already starting to see a transition from the the guard that we have in place right now, the veteran guard, over to uh, you know the next generation.
2: Definitely, at least they're getting their time up there, and that's we can we need to do a show and probably have uh, another person or two on. But just talk about the Bucios, the Lindsays, the the Rangers who have been signed, and what that means for the future. Exactly. Yeah. Right. um, Still, uh, kind of got side tangented off talking about Vancouver. I do have a clip about. The Vancouver from Vermees. Might as well let's play that, and we can kind of close out that section for the moment at least. So here's Peter talking about the the Vancouver game. I would say right
1: now, I think they're probably the ho- hottest team in MLS uh, in the run that they've been having, and the way they've been climbing the ladder. So being on top is is uh, is obviously a place they deserve right now because they've been playing so well. Uh, we realize that them coming in this week is going to be a, a big game. Um, you know, I think that uh, one of the things is they're a very dynamic team. They always have had uh, very dynamic players. I think adding Montero is a, is a big uh, player for them. I've always liked him when he first came to the league with Seattle. The fact that they were able to add him, I, and, and I think people were probably a little too critical of him early on just because he was kind of getting back into the swing of things and also coming in with a team that he hadn't played with before. But he's really come into his own. Um, they're just a very explosive team with the players that they have. So they're very good defensively, very good on set pieces, and uh, they can they can counter you with some incredible speed.
2: All right. Sounds like Peter's impressed by Vancouver.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: like I said before, no doubt that they are a dangerous side. And, uh, of course, former sporting player Marcel DeJong, hanging on with them. But, um You know, the good thing I see is them, uh, Vancouver's playing Seattle tonight in a uh, game in Seattle on the turf. Um, You know, that Cascadia thing is pretty intense, and uh, they're going to put a lot into that game, and hopefully come Saturday they'll be a little uh, weary mentally and physically from that, and, uh, you know, that might be enough to give us uh, an advantage as well.
2: Yeah, and in this case, I think we're probably hoping for a Seattle win or at least a draw. And probably about five red cards would be good. <laughs>
0: Another uh, New England, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. You're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's at, uh, right. uh, let's see, 7.30 Pacific time tonight. So if you've got the MLS Live app, you can check that out.
2: And uh, I'll be – This is uh, being recorded on Wednesday, uh, the 27th, so I will actually be at the Swope Park Rangers game tonight where they play Los Angeles 2, formerly coached by Anofo. (laughs) I don't know who their coach is now, but we'll see how good they are. Uh, Swope Park's already qualified for the playoffs, so they can close out the season, you know, making sure everybody's healthy, hopefully. Um, also, this coming weekend is FC Kansas City, their last game for the season. They've not made the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, second season in a row for them after having made the first three years, and they've been having some struggles, but they will be playing on Sunday down at Swope Park. Uh, Swope Park Soccer Village, I think is the official name. So good chance to go see them one more time for the year. Any other News we should be covering here, Bob. Well, I am
0: looking up LA two here, and perhaps is Dominic Kinnear the head coach of LA two? I mean, he's the assistant coach. But uh, okay, here it is. Mike Munoz is the head coach for LA two. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Um, yeah. Let's see. You attended a press conference today, I believe, with the uh, Kansas City Comets. You have comments? You have news on them as well.
1: I
2: I do actually. Your good, good thing you reminded me of that. Um, <laughs> the comments have they've had some off-season difficulties with uh, lawsuits between the ownership uh, going back and forth. It has emerged with Brian Vizinski as the sole local owner and a partnership with a uh, sports management firm who is apparently has a really good track record with helping teams gain more profitability. Um but in the midst of that they all their players had uh resorted to free agency because they were they didn't have a franchise for a little while, so they've been busily re-signing players and with um with the exception of four players for sure from last season and possibly a fifth, it sounds like most all of them will be back. Um and they haven't all been signed yet so they can't announce them. But uh, the ones who have left are Robert Palmer, Ramon Palmer, Elaine Matingo, and John Sosa. Sosa's a really huge loss for them. He was kind of uh, their midfielder, defender, pivot scoring machine that helped control the game for them and was really one of the best players in the league. And he's ended up moving to another team in the league who could afford him when the comets couldn't. But um anyway, they uh they're back. They start training in a couple weeks. Uh their new coach is the old coach, Tim Runtved, Tall Wings player coach for both teams. Uh he's the one that helped get the Comets off the ground when they came back in twenty ten. Get the 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 foundation down for him to play before and got him to the playoffs each year. Uh, his assistant coaches are Alan Mayer, who's former U.S. national team goalie and amazing indoor player, uh, goalie, They're, is their goalie coach. And then Jeff Davis, former Comet and several other teams player, who also happens to be the brother of former Sporting KC Brad Davis. So, and It looks like they open this season uh,
0: November 4th uh, against St. Louis, it looks like, hosting St. Louis November 4th
2: they do yeah so should be a uh, interesting season with uh with the return of uh the comets and players and uh well it, it, it can, I can't really tell all the stuff i heard about the players but i will say there was a player that didn't play last year from the comet who has stands a really good chance of being back this year so Leave that up to them to announce when they when it's the right time and they have all the the contracts signed properly.
0: Keys crossed and I've dotted.
2: Exactly. Um, But we should see somebody should should see some of those announcements pretty shortly. All right, good deal. We'll look forward to that.
0: But uh, Saturday, as far as I'm concerned, huge for Sporting Kansas City. Hopefully we can uh, pull off a victory there, and uh, I'm sure Peter will have them ready to go.
2: All right. Uh, anything else we should be covering today, Bob?
0: Uh, Bezer looked okay in training. Uh, we saw him Tuesday. Just a pretty good gash on his forehead. He was uh, doing some, you know, running um, while the uh, others were doing their regeneration. The other starters were. Uh, Latif seems to be fine. Jerso seems to be fine. Uh, Rubio got a little knock in, in the open cup game, but he seems to be fine as well, obviously. So, uh, looking pretty good on that end. But that's all I can think yeah, of. The, uh, just a
2: crucial three points come Saturday. Just going to add on to your comment about Beasley. He was running solo by himself, but I, I do think that as part of the, uh, the concussion protocol is that while he was cleared that night that he was okay, they give him a couple of days of light duty essentially to make sure he's okay. So he should be back yeah, to sure. practice if he hasn't been already. Right. And then uh the other day when you and I were down there um I stuck around a little bit longer and watched some of the uh small side game, it was mostly the players who uh, didn't start um uh, in the the game the night before or two, a couple nights before, but um, it was just it was just fun watching. I love watching those small sided games because you get to see him uh, be creative. You get to see him have kind of like uh, you know just be themselves and do all kinds of stuff, but uh, with the guidance of Burmese and stuff. And one of the guys I wanted to point out was uh, Busio Gianlonco. I'm probably butchering his name. Lucio, the uh, 15-year-old homegrown player they signed uh, a few weeks ago, I watched him in practice, and the guy, the kid is really good. And but watching him at sporting practice, it seems like the first couple of weeks he was very quiet, tentative, like, you know, I'm really out here practicing with the adults, and you know, it wasn't the first time because they they bring sporting academy players up there to train with the first team on occasion. So it's not the first time he trained with them, but now you know it's like the the regular thing, and didn't seem to be going, doing what he could do. Well, this last the other day when uh, when you and I were down there watching him, and all of a sudden he starts doing the things that Busio can do. And so he was a 15 year old going up against the adults, the first team. And I saw him score a couple of very spectacular goals. Now, yeah. I also saw him do a couple of things that were really stupid that got him yelled at by by Benny. But um, <laughs> he he just scored a couple of very, uh, I mean there's a point where you would have thought he should have laid it off to uh, a guy on the back post and, but the keeper cheated just a little bit to that side and he put it near post right by the keeper because he could. he was just that good.
0: (laughs) Well, good, good. I mean, that's one reason you sign players and bring them in so they can get accustomed and, and start that adjustment process but uh you know one little comment might be that's coming to my mind is you know has Benny been less influential because of Ilier's emergence this season i don't know if that's the reason or i mean you know Benny's had a decent season you know he's a good player we all know that but uh you know hasn't quite put up the stats that he has in past years and you know hoping he kind of picks things up and he tends to get more aggressive and more uh, active as the uh playoff time comes around anyway of a money player Benny can be. But, um, you know, any thoughts about that? Is Ilya really taken away from Benny's role or not?
2: Um, I don't want to say that I, yes and no. I mean, that's a little wishy-washy answer there. But, um, yes, he's taken away from the role, but not significantly. But I think that the combination of everybody has taken a little bit of his role Mostly for the good, though, because Ilya's taken a little bit of it. Espinoza seems to be more on the offensive side. Um, you got the ball going out to guys like Lobato or Gerso or Latif who is dribbling guys more than, you know, they were before. And it's not before the, the the offense was, you know, defense to Benny to Dom and shot and defense to Benny to Dom and you know, shot or lost, lose the ball. Right. Well, now it's going, um, when it went out wide, it was go out wide, cross the ball higher than Dom can, can jump. So most of the successful offense did go through Benny. That's why he got so many, uh, many assists. And, uh, but now you see Roger up there taking shots and getting, I mean, he's, he's had a couple of nice assists this year, uh, uh, and actually, for a while there, I think he was like the personal assist guy for Shaloui because he he had two in a row, I think, to Shaloui who, you know, put him away nicely, but it was Roger setting that one up. So it's just – it's been a little bit of a different – the whole team is a little bit different. I think Benny is still Benny. And can he still put a team on his shoulders and carry him to victory? I'm not sure, but I still sure hope so.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I exactly agree. Precisely agree with what you said there It's just a more varied attack like we've been discussing And uh, it's a more dangerous attack And the less You know teams can focus On a Dom and focus on a Benny To shut us down the better You know they have multiple weapons they have to look out for now
2: Yeah I mean I I do share the concern Though because Benny is you know A year older and you know every year He's getting older and um, I do hope To see him get a fair amount of rest throughout the rest of the season while sporting still needs to get wins because I, I want him healthy and sharp, you know, going into that MLS cup final. Definitely. And,
0: um, you know, to get that final, we need that home field advantage. So we're going to need every horse we can get, to be healthy and, and playing well. So, and I'm sure Peter will get them there and I've got a good feel about this team. Um, you know, we can, uh, I and mean, of course the league is getting stronger too, but, uh, you know, if we can keep this role that we're on, and um, you know, I, I can see us going far.
2: Again, I could. There's a lot of good teams out there, so I mean, it, it's it's almost impossible for them to get home field advantage all the way to MLS Cup. But you know, they could steal one on the road. I just don't want them to have to steal it right on the very first game.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that hasn't worked out so well in the last three years. Yeah, let's, let's avoid that, shall we?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> all right well that i appreciate right. you having me on today i don't know uh what else you got going on but um i appreciate uh the offer and uh certainly enjoyed it and uh anytime you want me back i certainly would be be willing
2: well i think we will have to do this a little more regularly than what we have been doing it that's for dang sure and uh maybe we'll add some more people onto it again um and but I do I do like the uh, format with uh, the audio that we've had been playing, so hopefully we can do some more of that too. Yeah. Right, so um, thanks for being on, Bob. Uh, again, catch uh, articles from Bob on the dot com, and uh, this is Dad and Bob. Any last words?
0: No. Just hope to see you all this Saturday because uh, you know, as the team always says, the more fans out there, the more support we get, the more they are pushed forward. So. Coming out to Children's Mercies Park and uh keep tabs on everything at the dot com. All
2: right. Talk to you in a while in a little while there, Bob. Bye. Uh, take care, Fed.
4: No, Celebrate tonight
1: With a final with some vlogs, we're gonna celebrate tonight We're the final with the vlogs, you know we're gonna feel